When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Build Business Acumen Podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Skula. Well, I'm really excited today because I'm joined by Elizabeth Misner, or Beth, as she likes to be known. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. I don't like to do that, but I think she's best to do that herself. <laughs> well, and we are Facebook friends. And so we chat over Facebook. So my official uh, bio is probably not something you're familiar with anyway. So I am married to the founder and chief visionary officer of BNI, the world's largest networking organization. Ivan Meisner started BNI in 1985 and I joined BNI in 1986. So although we have about a quarter of a million members, 74 countries, over 8,500 chapters now, I've been there from the very beginning when there were only 20 chapters. And I was actually one of the early regional directors for BNI. Got to travel around the United States primarily, opening new regions for BNI. However, my founding roots of my life were in healthcare. I was a chiropractic assistant. And so the whole time um, we were growing BNI, I was keeping my foot in the door with uh, healthcare and I have a certification in nutrition. Uh, I got into martial arts and so I was able to really help coach the martial artists to have the best uh, nutrition that they could with their food, their diet, their supplementation. And then I got into health cleansing, a way of you know, detoxing the body of chemical chemicals that the body holds, and people were losing weight and getting healthy, getting off medications. And so I really gone and more uh, specialized in helping people create abundant health. Um, I had a chance to help my husband heal completely from prostate cancer using wow. the principles that I teach. And then... Not long after that, I got the opportunity to help myself heal metastatic breast cancer last year, um, actually 2017, completely healed with no conventional interventions, no chemo, no radiation, no surgery in about five months. So what I'm doing now is I'm blending my martial arts with my Tai Chi and Qigong instruction with health. Uh, practices and the medical healing arts, including meditation, uh, Qigong sound therapy with healing bowls. And when Ivan and I travel for BNI now, since the business is, has changed a lot and I'm not working in the everyday business, I lead Tai Chi in the morning for our groups that are meeting and training, doing their education and doing their conference. We have Tai Chi and meditation in the morning. And then if there's anyone during the day that has a headache or maybe 
is dealing with time change and struggling, I get in there and help them with energy work and aromatherapy and we meditate together. So I'm back in uh, my kind of my calling back on my path and I'm just loving it. And that's where you and I connected. We connected through the connection, the, the commonality we have with Tai Chi. Exactly. Yeah, I've been doing Tai Chi 22 years now and uh, do Qigong most days, pretty much every day. Sometimes, sometimes I just get so tired from work that I, yeah. and that I just, that I just, I can't do it. And if I don't do it in the morning first thing, then it becomes a nightmare. So so I, ha I have this thing instilled in my brain. I train for like for between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. for like, I don't know, it's, it's, got, to be, it's got to be at least uh, 10 years. I did that for 10 years. That's, I wish I could have that discipline, but I, I don't. I tend to, now that Ivan has slowed down the work day and is sleeping later in the morning, I'm usually sleeping later with him. But you're right, yeah. you've got to get up and get right to it. I started in martial arts when I was 25. I'm now 54. So cool. what is that? 29 30 years, years. nearly. Almost yeah. 30 years. Yeah, Very that's cool. part of who I am. Yeah, well, same. I can't get away from it. I mean, I think what's very interesting, though, is with the Tai Chi and like the martial arts and stuff. I mean, for me, the postures that I'm, that I'm holding um, are so excruciatingly painful that actually my brain can't think very much because I'm too busy holding the posture or I'm right. too busy holding my arms in a certain place or I'm too busy, you know, they are demand, they're very demanding. The exercises that I've been practicing for 14 years. I mean, we have a very closed school system in our, in our style whereby generally the original rule was you can't, you can't really learn the internal strength exercises for six years generally and that and that rule was was something that you know was stuck to for, for many many years I decided that I was going to go and research it I traveled to Guatemala and I literally I literally went and tracked down this this Hong Kong Chinese teacher because we have like uh, initiation ceremony like inside the door training where you where you show respect to your teacher and then you know you he teaches you the internal strength you become what you would call a disciple i mean that's generally what it's called but in a lot of tai chi styles you find that this disciple pupil relationship is actually rubbish yeah because generally um the the knowledge that is passed down from the grand master i hold my fingers in the air making that funny sign um is not original tai chi it doesn't contain what you need to move forwards with your life i mean the martial applications are don't exist they 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 teach you qigong exercises or, or or internal strength which is borrowed from shaolin kung fu which involves you know hitting yourself with bricks and and <laughs> and, and sandbags i mean I, my friend my friend did it he showed me um what he went through and you know, he was hitting himself with bricks and banging his back on a wall, making these hard noises, you know, like external noises, like, oh, you know, these sorts of noises. And Yeah, so when my friend Ed did this uh, Qigong, well, hard style, I would call it, um, iron shirt training or steel jacket is what some uh, some people call it. But he, well, after, he, after he did this and he was beating himself with bricks and hitting himself with sandbags and all this kind of stuff. He uh, he actually had, I think, about six people standing 
on a piece of wood on top of him whilst he was lying on glass actually and he had he had two breeze blocks broken on his chest with a sledgehammer three bricks broken on his head and he said he really enjoyed it and there's no doubt about it it made him a lot stronger but I'm not sure that it's actually good for you in the longer term to be perfectly honest in in Tai Chi we have something uh, internal strength wise called golden vest and that is Tai Chi longevity kind of internal alchemy version of Shaolin Iron Shirt training. In our particular style, we have 24 exercises, 12 yin, which are soft, and 12 yang. And they they make your body strong from the inside out. And they also help with martial ability. I may start teaching again one day. Unfortunately, you 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 have people who are like, oh well, they're Chinese, they must know everything, and yeah, I must go and worship them. <laughs> and it's like, well, actually, with the with with the revolution and, and the way that the way that China went through the changes, yeah, people just left the country. They went to Hong Kong, they went to Singapore, and they went they went to Taiwan. Yeah, and the Western world. And they took their martial arts with them because they were banned from practicing martial arts publicly. Yeah. So that's why you find the Western world has really amazing instructors versus China. And I mean, I'm not saying that China doesn't have amazing teachers. I went there, trained with someone who is amazing Bagua instructor. He developed his own Bagua style from from Xing Yi, Bagua, Tai Chi, put all these things together. And developed his own kind of thing, um, his own Tai Chi style he sort of put together. But, you know, these people start when they're five years old. Like I'm 30, I'm 20 years behind or 15 years behind, you know. However, what we're here to talk about is mindfulness, right? And, And I think before we get into that, we need to address the fact that mindfulness does not talk about religion we're not talking about religion religion is a separate entity what you believe you believe right if you're a christian like i am you're a christian right fine yeah you that does not mean that because you're a christian you can't practice mindfulness or meditation i agree with you 100 percent there and i i see so many monastic christian communities who are sitting in contemplation and meditation um, and and you know there's no there's no ownership in any one particular religion of mindfulness or meditative practices it's actually kind of a scientific thing that our physiology requires i i heard a meditation master say one time that he's told very often that people uh, their biggest complaint is, I can't meditate. As soon as I try to meditate, I fall asleep. And he says, what do you think sleep is? Sleep is that stilling and quieting of the physical activity. You're still, your mind goes in, your brain and waves actually change because your body has to be in that state in order for you to survive. So when you are meditating or practicing mindfulness, and you're awake, you're still simulating that state and your body gets to move into the parasympathetic nervous system, which you have to do in order for your immune function to work properly, your digestion to work properly, and for you to have the quality of sleep that you need. So it's, it's, it is used in religious practices for specific purposes, but it is a physiological necessity for the body you know that the science is there to just show 
you're more productive when you practice mindfulness. You aren't as easily distracted. You're not pulled off task. You don't have the high levels of stress because you're able to quiet and calm and self-soothe, which is huge. Most people don't know how to self-soothe. They reach for a beer or they reach for illicit drugs or they turn on violent TV where they can just check out or whatever. They're not allowing their bodies to go into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is something like Qigong. If you're practicing the style I do, everything is very slow and repetitive and soft and gentle. And you're focusing on the repetitive movement and the brain is able to move into that meditative state and the body goes into the parasympathetic dominant uh, nervous system. And you're, you're actually meditating in motion, which I just love. Right. So what we're talking about here is actually just cutting down the number of thoughts that we're that we're having so that we can so so that we don't really think is that is that how you would describe it i i typically try not to describe it that way and here's why because the the brain is a thinking machine it would be like asking the lungs to stop breathing to expect the brain to stop thinking Mm -hmm. but what we do in meditation is we're training the brain how to think quietly. We're training the brain how to hold attention on one thing. And that one thing can be emptiness or quiet, or it can be a flame, or it can be gazing at the cross if you want to do it, use it that way. Just to train the mind to think of one thing. Don't jump around to all different things. I'll give you an example. I have uh, a childhood experience that causes me to overreact with certain things that other people do. I just completely overreact and they may not mean to trigger that reaction mm-hmm. me, but it happens so fast that I am out I feel like I'm out of control with the reaction. Right. Once I started training my mind to hold thought and to not run around and, and you know while I'm trying to hold the thought be singing a song in my head. That's happened. I'm trying to meditate and all of a sudden I'm hearing dude looks like a lady (laughs) singing in my brain. Like what? But so last week, my husband, I love him to pieces. He had no idea he was going to trigger. It's almost like like post-traumatic stress disorder. It gets triggered. And because of the way I have trained my brain in my meditative practices, when he did what he did, and my mind started to glom onto that and go over it and over it and over it and oh, and give it all this meaning and, and get my blood pressure. I, I felt myself panicking. I felt the heart racing. I felt my breath getting more shallow. I was able to say, give me just a moment. I'm going to step away for a second. Breathe. Tell my mind you're not going to ruminate on that. You're not going to get obsessed over it. You're not going to grab it and, and refuse to let it go. You're going to release it. Yep. Then you're going to come back after you've calmed down and you're going to ask for clarification. What did you mean when you said blah, blah, blah? Because brain, you have taken it in a direction I'm certain it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so you've trained the mind to think intentionally. Right. Right. So it's, it's powerful. It works in intrapersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. It works with 
Conflict at work, mm -hmm. it works with your to-do list. When your to-do list is so long, if you have trained your mind, you're able to focus on point one, then point two, yeah. then point three. I have ADD, and until I had trained my mind, point 47 would keep me awake at right. night, and I wasn't at point 47 yet, but I was aware of it, and the pressure of it would drive me to distraction. Right. When you've trained the mind, on how to think intentionally and how to direct. It's like, it's like you're holding the leash, walking the dog. Mm -hmm. It's not the dog walking. Yeah. The yeah. Your mind is a powerful, powerful, powerful tool. Yeah. It is an amazing tool, but your consciousness is the master of the tool. And what we do if we don't meditate and train the brain is the mind becomes the master and the consciousness is just asleep. Right. I've been doing a bit of study into hypnosis. And, uh, and that's something, something to kind of just sort of think, you know, think about like the subconscious mind and, right, you know, right. is, is according to Jonathan Chase, who's, who's Britain's leading hypnotist, he's studied for 30 years. Um, and he, he's now focusing on subconscious skills for success. Yeah. Right. But that, but that is in essence what we're talking about. It's, it's, right. it's, it's about managing to control not just the conscious mind, but the subconscious mind. Because we all, we all, we all mess about, and 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 like we might say the wrong thing and think, "Oh, I wish I hadn't said that." You know, it happens to everybody, right? Because the yeah. back of the brain isn't in harmony right. with with the front of the mind, right? So, right. So, I, I, I mean, I, I, the, the sort of the qigong exercises that I do, whilst I'm going through that pain, or I'm, or I'm, or I'm, it doesn't hurt that much after that many, many years. But if I increase my stance, if I'm really stressed, yeah, and I'm like, right, I'm going to just train really hard now. I will increase my my posture, one of my postures, and it will hurt so much that I couldn't even think about thinking about something else yeah. because I'm holding a right. posture that if I think about anything else, I'm going to fall over. I have to sometimes lean on the right. wall to get up. I mean, like seriously. Yeah. But like a lot of yogas like that, yeah. a lot of martial yeah. arts um, have part postures that you hold like a horse stance is, is predominantly, I spend most yeah. of my life in a horse stance. Yeah, I know. I know <laughs> right. But like meditation and mindfulness can be created from any pleasure yeah yeah walking right. running and eating you can do mindful practice with eating and just you know I, when i was very 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 stressed before i had cancer once i developed cancer i really learned how to not go through life stressed because that suppresses your immune system right. i as i was taking a bite and chewing the food and before swallowing the next bite was coming in i hadn't even swallowed the bite that i was eating so learning how to eat mindfully, put that fork down, chew the food, taste it, feel the texture, taste all the flavors in the meal, you know, and just enjoy and let yourself feel grateful for each bite. That's a practice of mindfulness around eating your meal, just having a soup or something, you know, nothing, nothing complicated. Yeah, I've heard that. Who, who was it that said, once you start to eat more slowly, walk more slowly think more slowly then we can do something about your spiritual life i forget who that was <laughs> who was that I don't, know either, but I don't know who that was but i like that's very true but i tell you i had a really cool inspiration while because sometimes i like i'm not saying i don't think while i'm training but what happens is 
I, when I train, like I wake up, I'm like, right, I'm either too tired to train and I just sit, I have a coffee and then I'll eat a banana and then I'll train. I mean, we're talking like five, five to six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like this is tough sometimes. Yeah. However, I will, I'll get up and I'll, and I'll get into that. But sometimes my brain is still thinking about things that I, that I really want to stop it thinking about. So, so, so then I will, then I'll be like, look, just calm down it will pass. And I just let it, I let it go around and around and around. And then by the time I finished, I've generally forgotten what on earth I was thinking about. But the problem is that I didn't write it down because, because it's a solution. It's a solution based thought process. If you come up with a solution, you don't write it down. You've just wasted all that Awesome. calm energy right that you that you that you're creating it's great to actually have a holiday from thinking i i definitely think it slowed down the number of thoughts in my brain i mean i've got a friend and and like he's he's watched me for the last 10 years nearly and he's like look come out for a cup of tea and the other day he took me for lunch and he and i could even tell that i hadn't trained he saw it in my head because he could see almost from observing my behavior that I was stressed. I was, I was, you know, I've been doing a lot too, too much work. I've been, I've been working, you know, burning the candle. Yeah. Like really hard. Yeah. To, 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 to achieve, you know, this will be probably in the 20th episode. Yeah. With, but the first episode was the 24th of November and I didn't release another episode for about seven days after that or 10 days. And then I just went every day, every day and then after christmas every single day yeah as soon as we came back that just took its toll and he could see this yeah and if i'd have exercised i would not have been that person who he could see yeah yeah? because no one likes to to go to lunch with someone that's all over the place he said don't talk about work let's talk about my new shotguns i'm buying you know and it was just like But it's good that you felt that difference. Most people, I would venture to say, have never experienced the calm, placid water in the brain. It's always choppy. And so they don't notice the difference. Right, right, right. They come a lot of drama and they, you know, they dump that all. I've got girlfriends that can talk 90 miles a minute and all three of them talking at the same time. And I'm sitting there going... Oh, this is overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, though. But that's the thing, though. Like, the more of this that you do, the the more choosy you become with people because you become more sensitive to other people, definitely. But, like, you said something about... Didn't you say something about um, gongs and, like, sound therapy and stuff? Yes. The reason... All right, well, I've got someone to introduce you to. He... him Him and his wife, they've basically got the biggest selection of gongs in the united wow. kingdom they oh, wow. spent thousands of pounds on these gongs yeah and they've got like um you know glass glass sounds they've got gongs that are like massive yeah and they've actually they actually do gong meditation sessions oh um, do you know part of my cancer healing included sound frequencies they have shown on microscopic microscopic uh, tv cancer cells are able to be completely obliterated with 
the specific frequency and duration of frequency because these cells are immature cells. They cannot release the sound wave. Right. So if the sound energy is coming into a cell, a normal cell that passes mm -hmm. through the cell, looks like it would pass through your wall and you can hear your neighbor playing their radio next door. But with the cancer cell, the frequency builds up, the energy builds up in the cell and the cell just disintegrates. Wow. Amazing. So I used the, the tones, the nine tones in the, the C scale over a 14 minute period playing each bowl and singing it so that that resonation right. resonance was from within as well. And uh, just imagine the cancer cells holding that energy until they just kind of exploded, you know, wow. and they're this therapeutically with high intense frequency ultrasound. And ultrasound sound waves are killing malignant tumors in the brain, in the lungs, in the prostate, and the breast. They're all being used therapeutically, no longer in clinical studies in some countries. You can actually go into Italy or Switzerland, Russia, China, and you can receive these sound therapies from ultrasound to, to kill your cancer tumors. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I remember I, I, went, I went to a meditation session in this it, uh, with with the gongs yeah i would love to find a, a gong i'm looking for a well nice this 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 gentleman gong. will 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 i'll introduce you to him you're gonna love him he's a retired dentist and ah, and he became great. um a what do you call it a resolution specialist so mm. that's what he became basically and he's the loveliest person uh and and his and his wife june they're lovely people so I'll happily, happily introduce you. I think that's just so amazing that kind of met on Facebook, just some random message. I don't know how we started talking about martial arts or something. I, I, I think it was because I said, I just opened a conversation with you and I, cause I saw you online and I was like, so, oh yeah, I'm teaching my dad Tai Chi. And you went, what? You're teaching your dad Tai Chi? I'm like, yeah, he's 85. And then we just had this massive long conversation which is very funny, but I've got a long way to go in Tai Chi. I've kind of, I've kind of taken a step away from the weapons forms and I want to get back to those. Like, like we've, we, cause we've got like in our style, we've got like saber, sword and, and spear. Yeah. Like I've learned saber, I've learned spear, but I, but I need to learn sword properly because to learn sword is like two years to learn sword. Then it's three years to make it look nice. So I'm probably, well, I'm probably like an eighth of the way through the sword form. You, you, it, it is, I actually uh, won a, a first degree trophy in the black belt category for women aged 40 and above wow. in my, my art style martial arts. The sword was my wow. weapon. I loved the sword. So when I started working with my Tai Chi master, I chose a Tai Chi sword master oh. and went the sword form, the short, the, the uh, short style, young style sword form. Mm -hmm. And just as, oh, it's, it's, it's just, beautiful. Sword is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Form. yeah. Love it. It's beautiful. I'm going to, I think I'm probably going to end up, I'm either going to move like an hour away from here and go and train. I've got three options. I can either move to London and go and train with someone who I've been training with off and on for the last few years and he's got a very martial Tai Chi classes, or I can move like an hour away, or I can just wait and just go to Guatemala and go and train for like three, four months. And I, and I may just do that. 
like to learn the uprooting wave. He said to me, right, you, I'll teach you this and you need to go away and you need to practice these for like a few years and then come back mm-hmm. and I'll teach you the uprooting wave. Tai Chi's got so much power and most people just think it's just like a soft martial art that, that for old people and it, it, and it is, but it also isn't, yeah, you know. I had a lady in one of the Tai Chi seminars that I was actually participating with my great grandmaster. I wasn't teaching right. this seminar. And he started taking us through the Tai Chi forum and showing the martial application. And she'd been training with one of his students that wasn't showing the martial right. application, was doing it as a meditative movement. Yeah, yeah. And when he started demonstrating this is a grab and this is a strike <laughs> and this you know, a palm heel to the nose. She put both her hands up over her face and she said, oh, I've taken a vow of nonviolence. I can't do this. (laughs) Did you not know it's a martial art? (laughs) She really didn't know. She thought it was just moving meditation. Yeah, but you you know, like Master Yang, right? He he killed like a hundred bandits with his bare hands, didn't he? Like one day or something. There are all sorts of, of stories about that, yeah? But what fascinates me is is the, the Bagua master, yeah? Um, called He was called Cole Ma. Have you heard about him? I have not. I'm not a really deep okay, into well, Bagua. He's, yeah, I'm... I'm, yeah, I'm not, I don't do Bagua anymore, but, but I did for a little while and I kind of, I trained with someone really good in Bagua and, and there was this, so he was called a hundred day Ma, that was his nickname. Yeah. And he was, the reason he was, no, sorry, 10 day Ma was his nickname. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a coal merchant. Okay. And he used to train his palm strikes on a pile of coal. Wow. Yeah. And the reason he was called 10 Day Ma, okay, was because you'd be dead within 10 days if he struck you from internal ruptured yeah. organ failure. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but like the thing is, is that I'm just, I'm just enjoying learning Brazilian Jiu Jitsu right now. Like, like it's just like, yeah, you can do Tai Chi. Yeah. Right. But as soon as one of these Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guys gets you on the floor. Yeah. Like you're just screwed. Like I'm not joking. Like, <laughs> like seriously. I like you just tap right out. You get in an arm lock or a, or or a choke or a you know, and it's and it's um it's worth learning some of that just so that you know if you do end up on the floor, you're 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 yeah. you're in a good place really. I mean I think I'm just enjoying it from 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 a learning point of view. Um, you know, you're a journey. Person, you're one of those people that likes to pick up threads and follow them. Have you done capoeira? No, not yet. I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna do that at some stage. You have a lot of fun. You have? I did. We did seminars, so I had just a day long seminar a couple of times, and it kicked me. I mean, oh man, you're so sore after, yeah. but I love. It. It's a dancing kind of martial arts combined with street fighting. And I really, really enjoyed just the, the bit of it that I got to do. So what hard style did you, what hard styles did you do? So the Shotokan based um, school, it's in based out of California called Red Dragon Karate. And we did a, a harmonization of seven main martial arts forms. So I had got some judo, some jujitsu, some Aikido, and then just a couple of different forms of karate from Japan. 
Um, we did some, did I say um, Kung Fu? We did Kung Fu. Um, I brought Tai Chi to the school. So after I got my black belt, then I asked the Shihan to let me come in and do some seminars. So I was teaching some Tai Chi. We did a lot of sparring, mm -hmm. which I didn't care for, but it was very helpful as a woman yeah. to have been in the ring and to have been fighting in a controlled environment because I learned how it felt to be punched yeah. and not fall apart and crumble and, and cry and oh I broke my nail yeah. and you hurt my, made my I mean I got bloody nose and thrown to the mat and I learned how to power through that even emotionally and come back up and defend myself so that was that was good for me to have done that um, we did form we did musical form we did a lot of type kind of gymnastic stuff thrown into the mix cool. The, the Pihan's um, ne nephew was a break dancer. And so when he did demo team and the demo team would have a kata that they would do, there would always be these crazy break dancing, gymnastic things, and then the flying kicks and all of that. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. It, it was a lot. Great days. Great days. But at the, the end of the training, I was 40. I was getting cortisone shots in my elbows right. and MRIs hands of my knees and I'd had a couple of head injuries and I realized that um, I didn't want to keep punishing my body that hard yeah. you know and I really didn't want to stop being a martial artist so that's what put me on the path of Tai Chi which I wish I had learned Tai Chi first right. maybe so that my body wouldn't have broken down as much as it did right. I think if I'd had the internal strength um, and I love push hands Push hands is so fun, yeah. and then being able to do that uprooting throw or the fajin to be able to, you know, you're just you're just playing, and then all of a sudden your opponent is yeah. is you know uprooted and tossed across the room. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that either. But sometimes, sometimes it sometimes it comes quite easily. It all depends on how, how on how good they are and how sensitive they are. You know, I think mean, right. there's a lot of sort of talk of fajing and everything else, but it's like, well, actually. If you just look at your body as a unit, right, and you say, well, you know, from this stance, in this position, there is only one way that I can move, and I can only move in that way or two ways because that's the way that I'm standing. So if I'm standing, and, and it's a bit like pulling a bow back, yeah? If you, pull a, if you pull an arrow back, you can only fire that arrow one direction, right? So, so if you've turned, you know, perhaps, mm -hmm. perhaps to the right, you can you can then strike to to the left with your right hand yeah and it's like but but it's about using everything isn't it it's like bruce lee talks talked about the one inch punch two inch punch and tai chi there's like no inch no inch palm strikes right so unfortunately yeah my friend used to like showing that to people in the pub yeah it always ended up we, we'd have a few beers. This is my old teacher. We'd have a few beers and it ended up with him just talking to someone who's like 20 or something. And then he'd be like, he'd be like, have you heard about like no inch palm strike? And they'd be like, what? And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you not heard about it? And, and they were like, no, I don't believe it. He'd be like, you sure? I'll show you. And every time I just put my hand on my face. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh no, he's going to win someone. And he, would all, and he would always end up with just winding someone. And I'd be like, not oh, this again, you know. 
And, but it's like, that's not what Tai Chi is for. It's not for hurting people. It's not for showing off. It's, it's for self-defense, health and mindfulness, right? Like clearing, clearing right. your, your, your brain, you know, and flexibility, long, long live life, you know. My um, Tai Chi master was a, a college, a university football player, big guy oh, wow. and played, you know, played, uh, on his university's football team, and he was uh, fifth degree Sifu, black belt in, in the Chinese style, and he was training for the Olympic team in fighting. Yeah. And they were getting ready to go to a match, and he was also training with Grandmaster William C.C. C. Chu. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he had just gotten to a point with his internal martial arts training that he was starting to really master the, the things like the fajing and mm-hmm. doing the a zero inch, whatever, yeah. the palm, palm strike. Yeah. And he told me they were getting ready to get on the bus, go for the, the Olympic pre-training qualifications. And he had just had a match the night before and he had thrown someone across the room with one finger. You know, they do the, the, yeah. the one finger. And he showed up to get on the bus and then he thought to himself, I don't have anything to prove now. Yeah. I don't do this. And he completely came out of the competitive side of martial yeah. arts. He didn't pursue pro football, and he's a he's he's a full time qigong healer oh. and tai chi master, sword master. He knows he knows. I mean, he's probably sixty. He just turned sixty this year, and he has he has every single tai chi style. He's got forms that he does in all the tai chi styles. He does the bagua, he does paragong, he does dian qigong, he does other. It's not enough hours in the day for all that. I don't know how he does it, but this is his life. It is now, yeah. and he's just, when you talk about someone with an equanimous mind, and when he started saying, you know, close your eyes and let your mind move into still and quiet, a peaceful and attentive mind, an equanimous mind. I'd be like, an equanimous mind? What the heck is an equanimous mind, you know? But I, I saw that in him, and that was what I desired to have for myself. And um, hopefully I'm on the path. Yeah, yeah. I need to I need to go back out and train with train with my teacher. There are some very good teachers in the UK, actually. And and, yes, uh, and the, the, the head of the UK Tai Chi Association, um, the chairman, Dan Doherty, He's he, he's quite inspirational, actually. Um, unfortunately, developed. I think he's developed. I think he developed Parkinson's, um, and he's been and he's been actually doing doing his Tai Chi, uh, and he's continued to teach um, throughout that. And I think he's actually part of a clinical study to 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 see you know Tai Chi will help with Parkinson's, basically. And but he oh, but he 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 won uh, the Southeast Asian Open Star Full Contact like in 1980. I think it was 1980 or 82. Yeah, he knocked out this guy called Roy Pink, who in the final, who was like he entered the super heavyweight category, and he was only he was only he was only 14 and a half stone, and the super heavyweight category was like oh this guy was 21 and a half stone. He was like six foot eight. He's like as wide as a house, and I've seen I've seen the footage, and 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 Dan Dan basically just got knocked knocked down. I think he got kicked, and he got knocked off this platform. This is off a raised platform, which is three foot off the ground. Wow. Yeah, so three foot off the ground. Dan's flown off the platform. He stood up, got back on, 
and he's basically just knocked him out in 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 literally under 10 seconds like he's just done three punches a running thunder punch which is one two three with a step with a seven star step and just not not uh not roy pink out you know he's out for i believe about five minutes unconscious oh, which is a, you know it's a long time but my teacher is my teacher is smaller and his frame is more suited to my to my frame and i just decided to take some time to research our style because i love traveling and i visited sifu Tong Chikin in Guatemala a few times. He he also won in that year. He won he won the gold medal as well, but in the middleweight category. Uh, I don't know a huge amount about the fights that he had, but I think he got beaten up quite quite a lot as well. I mean, it was brutal. Yeah, you know the the, yeah. the, the injuries these guys had just brutal. Yeah. But this was this was pre MMA. This was just like any style finisher. You know, this is like 1980, yeah, before MMA or Ultimate Fighting was even on the scene, yeah. You know, it was mainly sort of standing up. You, you weren't taking people to the ground. And But Tai Chi is a, is a serious martial art if trained in that way. You know, I still have a long way to go. I have a lot more to learn. You know, I don't know all the techniques. I think, you know, there are many, many techniques. If you don't train those all the time, you know, I mean, don't forget back in those days, they were training like six to oh. eight hours a day. They were little children. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for uh, having a chat. <laughs> well, and hopefully there's been something of, of interest and that will be helpful to your audience, you know, and the, the whole concept of just slowing down being more mindful, find somewhere where you can go and do a, a martial arts practice of the internal martial arts because you're slowing the body down. And as you slow the movements down and the breathing down, you're also slowing down that monkey mind that jumps around and tries to be like the dog running away with the owner. And, and you know, just at the end of the day, remember that your, your mind and your thinking brain is a powerful tool, but in order to really use it in the most effective way, you have to master the capacity for thought and you have to control it rather than letting it control you. If you watch yourself during the day, I think you'll probably find most people do. They're thinking the same five to 10 thoughts over and over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I came up, that was what I was going to say though. I came up with an inspirational thought the other day. You'll like this. So I'm going to end on this because this is, this is the piece de la resistance, right? It was, so it was, I was thinking, right, how do I be, how do I become like massively successful? Yeah. Like, like so successful that it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Right. And it was, it was, so I came up, there were three things. Yeah. Listen more, do more be more. There you go. So I think if you are thinking of doing Tai Chi and learning Tai Chi, you should actually take the time to think about why you want to learn Tai Chi first of all. And then that's going to give you an idea of actually who you should be training with. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, Drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.